Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friends, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Ho, ho, ho! And today we are joined by our friend, Hannah. Hello. Today we're talking about the movie Noel and holiday traditions. So spoiler alert for Noel. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. Hannah, it's nice to have you on the show. Thanks, I'm really excited to be here. Are you one of those uh, long-time listeners, first-time friends, or, or do you not listen to the podcast? No, I definitely listen. Long-time listener. I'd like to consider myself a long-time friend, but oh. I guess it's my first time on the podcast, so Yeah, you're not, a, you're not officially a friend until you get recorded oh. saying you're a friend. Well, then yeah. this is the first time I've ever met you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that tracks, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I thought Knives Out was really good. Uh, oh, Noel. Um, I think Disney mm-hmm. Plus is a is a great app. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> Hannah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm currently in my last year of law school. Very excited to be almost done. And I've recently received the title of improv groupie. Um, I received that for consistently going to mediocre improv shows that feature two pretty funny guys. Um, just two. The troupe has like 15 people, and there are two of them are just funny. Uh, that's at Serious Comedy Theater. <laughs> to be clear, the two <laughs> funny ones aren't me and yeah, Joe. Yeah. So. I was going to let them guess once yeah. I came. Then everyone would know who we thought were funny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's Serious Comedy Theater in Beacon, New York. Check out their website, Serious Comedy Theater, <laughs> spelled T-H-E-A-T-R-E, because, like I said, there's only two funny people. <laughs> you are a groupie. <laughs> you know us so well. Um, what do you plan on doing with your law degree, if you if you know already? That's Elder a, law. Wow, that's interesting. I, I just, did you I, get inspired by Better Call Saul? Anyway. What is, <laughs> I Honestly, that show did make me question my career path for a hot <laughs> second. Um, I've done a lot of intellectual property work. Someone please hire me if you do intellectual property, specifically copyright. If you love movies, you have to love copyright because otherwise everyone's ideas will get stolen. But at this point, I love to argue. I've been thinking about medical malpractice. Haven't told a lot of people that, including the people I'm looking at. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I did not know that at all. Yeah, me either. Wow. Well, so if there's any (laughs) medical malpractice people or copyright people, we got an almost lawyer here. Mm -hmm. I'll say for sure that my mom, the one listener, is neither of those. (laughs) What what was the point of me coming here? (laughs) It was not for your benefit. I'm sorry if you were misled. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess. His mom talks to people. No. Will she argue? Okay. Will she fight me? So with if you the words? if you've seen Knives Out, Marta <laughs> is my mom. <laughs> Without getting the, oh, I don't want to spoil it. Never mind. Um, all right, I'm ready to talk about Noel. <laughs> uh, Hannah, could you give us a, a short synopsis of Noel? Sure. So Noel is about a woman named Noel who is born into the. Christmas Kringle family, who just happens to breed the new Santa every 450 years, something like that. And when Mr. Kringle Santa Claus dies, Noel's brother becomes Santa Claus, and a whole bunch of hijinks ensue. That's a great format. When when a synopsis ends with hijinks ensue, we've discovered... It's great. Yeah. Um, I think, out of the three of us, I enjoy this movie the most. Yeah, I also think that. <laughs> so, as an audience member, I'm going to say four stars. Do recommend. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say two stars as an audience member. I I really don't suggest it. <laughs> I would not do it. <laughs> I'm also going to say two stars as an audience member. I was under an influence while I watched it, and it was it made it fun, but it wasn't enough fun to like breach two stars. 
Um, so, two stars. Joe, do you remember how many stars he gave Spooky Buddies? I don't. Okay, it can't be more, can it? Would you rate Spooky Buddies above this? I would. I think as I think I had a better time watching Spooky Buddies than I had watching Noel. Maybe uh, it was the company you kept because you saw Spooky Buddies with me. <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> I will say I I was I was enjoying the movie ironically, and the other people in the room were not. <laughs> yes, we were really trying to enjoy it, and we could not get through it. <laughs> Whereas Spooky Buddies, we all enjoyed making fun of it together. <laughs> so it did heighten my okay. viewing experience. I could see that. I also think Spooky Buddies, you know what you're getting into. The hijinks of, of the buddies. Mm. Whereas Noel, on first take... Looks, you have the you hope see, of... Yes, you see uh, okay. Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick, and you're like, oh, maybe a real movie, like the one with um, the girl from uh, Game of Thrones that was in theaters. Last Christmas. Thank you. That was not a good movie. It made it to theaters. All right, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, now, one of the reasons I gave it four stars was I, I was enjoying it ironically, but there, there was um, a wholesomeness to it that I really appreciate when it comes to Christmas. I mentioned this in the Grinch episode where I appreciate the 2018 Grinch more than the rest of them because it fits what I perceive as the holiday spirit a little bit better. It's not mean-spirited. But as a critic, I will drop it down two stars to two because it's not a good movie. (laughs) Conceptually fun they could have executed it a lot better than they did but i enjoyed it for what it was as a critic i'd have to give it one star to give it a total of 1.5 stars which i still think is too high (laughs) (laughs) i gave it the two stars as a uh, audience member because bill Hader is wonderful um as a critic I don't know why he's doing this to himself. He <laughs> Barry was incredibly successful. He doesn't need to be a part of this. I thought the movie uh, also lacked the holiday spirit that I, as a as a Jewish person, long for in Christmas movies. A what person? Uh, oh, <laughs> is that a dirty word? <laughs> a Jewish person. Um, and the acting from people who just... They were hired by Disney Plus. They're collecting that bag. You should be trained better. It wasn't good. I'm also going to give it a one as a critic because it's just like <laughs> Bill Hader was the only one that was trying, I feel like. <laughs> he, he, Bill Hader was just being himself and he's super charming. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying he's he's a wonderful actor, but in this movie, he wasn't acting any better. Let let me rephrase that. It's not that he was the only one that was trying. It was the only one whose performance I legitimately enjoyed. (laughs) Um, I mean, like, there were were parts during this movie that I was like, oh, that's fun, or I like that. But uh, on the whole, uh, I'm giving it a one. And... While we're while we're here, I just want to my main criticism of the movie. So the movie is a hundred minutes. That's an hour and forty. This movie felt like it was five hours long. <laughs> it felt so long, and it just wasn't. We started it at eight. When it was over, I was like, "Oh my god, it's one o'clock in the morning." No, nope. it was before ten. Yeah. Um. I, I actually watched Noel in three parts, <laughs> so it, it sounds as if you're right that it's a long movie. Maybe it was, um, but it was really just because I was so busy this week and I was trying to fit it in before today. I finished it this morning. Um, I enjoyed it, but I do have some criticism, so since we're talking about it, I'm willing to jump into it now. They address Santa magic. But all of, like, the silly ones. I guess this is for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, in the perspective of this is be- for kids, I think the performances were good, relatively. Um, but the Christmas magic, like, you can make the chimney bigger so that you can fit in there. 
Um, the reindeer will guide you and you can fly. You can also just look at someone and you can just see that they're good or they're bad. But they never address... Also, you have to get around the world in 24 <laughs> hours. Uh, Santa, at the end of the movie, is like, did I miss Greece? And then, like, during the narration was like, and then later I went back to Greece because I missed it. And I'm like, by that time, Greece is awake and realized that they didn't have any presents. <laughs> yeah, that really did throw me off. Um, I was also taken aback to keep going on this Christmas magic from... The Billy Eichner plot of this algorithm that I understand the point of it was to 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 take away Christmas magic, but sending kids emails. First of all, how many children have access? Am I out of this? Do all children have access to email now? <laughs> that was or, interesting. And are parents just okay with that? Because if I'm a parent and someone who's claiming to be Santa Claus emails my kid, I'm bl- I'm blocking that and I'm canceling Christmas altogether. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that scene um, made it. So throughout the movie, it's pretty clear that the world, that Santa is like a magical yet unknown presence. Like if a kid wakes up, Santa has to be like, you're just dreaming um, and stuff like that. But then also they just email a bunch of people (laughs) and everyone's like, wow, what is Santa up to? Santa's emailing people now? It It is pretty inconsistent in the concept of what what do the people believe mm-hmm. and what do they not believe? Because apparently you're not supposed to believe in Santa or magic, but people are very accepting of, yeah, we're actually going to mail this letter to the North Pole mm-hmm. because it gets to the North Pole. So someone's delivering mm-hmm. them. I will say that is, uh, in the movie's defense, that is a pretty standard trope where santa exists in a universe um particularly in like holiday specials where it's just santa exists for this one episode and then at the end the parents are like wait if you didn't get that present and i didn't get that present where did it come from and then on the through the window you see like reindeers (laughs) going by and you hear a ho 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 in the background and it's like does that happen every year (laughs) where neither of you know where this present came from (laughs) i will say as a like as a jewish person but like the outside looking in the idea of someone breaking into your house consistently makes everyone uneasy i think it gives everybody like an opportunity on christmas to break into other people's houses and I, i did not to switch to giving praise to the movie, mm-hmm. but the one point where Anna Kendrick slides into the Jewish family's home and they're like, oh, nope, yeah. I, le- <laughs> I thought it was funny, but at the same time, I can promise you, the people of my tribe would have freaked out. <laughs> they, that would not have been okay. They were just so calm about it. Like, no. But also they were adhering to every single stereotype. They had a movie on. They were funny. eating all the Chinese food. <laughs> and I know my fault. He, that chapstick would have gone through somebody's eye. Anna Kendrick would not have been in that suit anymore. <laughs> um, but, the, but that aligns with, like, do these people believe in Santa yeah. or not? Because they're willing to accept a person appears in the chimney and then leaves. Also, everyone has a chimney. Yeah, yeah I wanted to ask you guys that. Um, did you have chimneys growing up? Uh, Hannah, I guess this doesn't necessarily apply to you, but you can still answer. Okay, thank you so much. I will say that one time, um, around age eight, I... Um, really wanted Santa to come to my house, so I left out Fig Newtons on the <laughs> counter, um, and my mom just, nope, didn't even play into it. They were still there when I woke up the next morning, and that ended it. But I, the question was about chimneys. Yeah, I had a chimney. <laughs> and, um, it took you a second, yeah, but you got there. I just really wanted to tell everyone about oh, I'm so sad all the time. Um, I had a chimney, but it was the fireplace that was in my house has been full. So Anna Kendrick mm. would have had to use her magic to then break down a brick wall to get mm. into my house. Cool. Seems doable. I've never had a chimney in any of the houses mm-hmm. I've lived in. Me either. Um, but my dad got this like piece of cardboard and then drew a fireplace on it and Aww. like nailed it to the wall <laughs> during Christmas. So he was like, yeah, Santa can just use this as a real chimney. And we were like, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like I'm totally willing to believe in Santa 
if you also incorporate all of the magic behind Santa. Yeah. Like, all of the logistical stuff is like, oh, but he's also magic, so that solves that. Mm-hmm. But they don't address enough in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, to be clear, I gave this movie four stars and not as an audience member, so I, I really want to explain why. I think yeah, there are ways to mm-hmm. improve it, but here's what they did right. Bill Hader not wanting to be Santa... And then getting to not be Santa was great. I think there's something to be said about, like, family tradition, family values, being forced into the family business but not wanting to. And then he didn't have to. Someone else fit that role as soon as he quit, quote-unquote. Or not as soon as, but eventually. And I think this applies when people argue for or against uh, a universal income. It's like people are then unmotivated to to work. People won't do the jobs that no one wants to do. But what I believe under the idea of universal health care, and this is not health care, but I also believe in that, universal <laughs> income, um, is this perspective of when people get to do what they want, they won't do nothing. Like, Bill Hader became a yoga instructor, and he got to because he didn't have to make money for a living. Noelle got to be Santa because she wanted to. It was a lot of responsibility, but it's what she enjoyed doing. And that's what's going to happen, hypothetically. People will find what they enjoy what to do and do it, and it will progress humanity. Nailed it. Yeah, this uh, that's the subtext I got from the movie as well. Um Universal income. Universal income. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I I, I uh, agree. I enjoy that idea because typically in this setup of I don't want to do the family business, one, that person is usually the main character, and two, that person either comes around and is like, you know what, I do like the family business, or the family comes around and says, you know what, your dream is valid as well. But it was interesting to see that as, like, the side plot, and then, you know, through the eyes of another character, like, everyone kind of gets what they want. Yeah, I liked it as well. I'm glad that we're talking about it now, because I really was surface-level Christmas movie the whole time. (laughs) Um, But it's a great point to bring up, especially when one of the characters that um, Noelle is helping doesn't have an actual job, and the the girl's Christmas wish was to get her Mm. mother a job, which was so sad. And I think that's what I did like about the movie, this, like, inclusion factor um, Mm -hmm. brought in by Noelle, the sign language and being able to communicate with children who wouldn't normally be, A, probably featured in an American Disney film, um, and B, just to have trouble communicating with the general public... Always, I thought it was really sweet. Yeah, so. I, I started tearing up. Um, this is one of the cue-ins for all of those children watching. When Noelle <laughs> was able to speak sign language despite not having studied it, that's one of those, like, oh, Santa can understand and speak any language mm-hmm. just magically. And when she starts doing that, I was, like, tearing up, like... <sighs> Do you know how important it is for this little girl to get to communicate with someone who isn't their mom? Like, Mm -hmm. and that's such a big thing. And again, or not again, for the first time I haven't mentioned it, sign language should be taught way more in the education system. Like, it should definitely be as an equal option or more so than than Spanish and French. Because it's such a universal language that can be used in in so many more ways than just communicating with deaf people, but it's also deserving enough when we just get into the topic of communicating with deaf people. But that moment alone, I was like, I'm so emotional right now. Um, Speaking of that, this is a little less emotional. Uh, Going back to the Santa magic, I know, Alex, you... um disliked how they didn't really talk about the important Christmas magic, but I thought it was fun to sort of make Santa this, like, demigod that's, like, born with powers, (laughs) and, like, that's what makes them Santa. Yeah. 
<laughs> they've, they've got the twinkle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait. So <laughs> when Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader reunite and <laughs> they try to get Bill Hader back and then Bill Hader goes, no, Noel, you should be Santa. You've got the twinkle. I was like, have they called it that before? <laughs> okay, I did not catch it. So I, I was did. like, what is this concept? <laughs> Um, I appreciated the subplot as well of Billy Eichner um, mm-hmm. becoming the Santo when Bill Hader left and him trying to calculate holiday spirit and calculate mm-hmm. niceness. And it only turns out that there's less than 3,000 good kids in the world. Um, Let's be honest, that was right. That was accurate. That was 100% no, yeah, accurate. <laughs> he, was, he was right about that. Uh, There's a, um, So before we started recording, we were talking about Krampus, who is uh, in like German and other European country holiday tradition. Um, he's like Santa's helper. So instead of getting coal, the bad kids get visited by Krampus, and Krampus like spanks them and scares them and stuff and i've seen in like other media they they're taking it as that's better than rewarding all the kids and like giving them presents even if like they really weren't that good um punishing them if they actually were bad and then like training them to be better in the future i'm no expert so i'm not going to say whether or not that's right but i feel like billy eichner is probably like the twinkle version of Krampus <laughs> in this movie's mythology. His whole disdain for, like... Like, Bill Hader clearly didn't want to be Santa and was outspoken about it. Billy Eichner's hidden disdain that was just so calculated and apparent via his face was so incredibly joyous to me. <laughs> That's what I appreciated. And here's how I would make the movie better. I would make... Because Bill Hader has been training to be Santa since he was a kid. The fact that he was still training when their father died, which, by the way, no one was in mourning. They were <laughs> they were still like, just, well, we got to move on. I know it was like four months prior mm-hmm. to the plot, but four months is not enough time. Yeah. Holy moly. And they were all just, well, let's live our lives. It's a twinkle. Yeah, <laughs> well, because it's either Santa is your dad and husband <laughs> Or your boss in the North Pole. <laughs> He's pretty important. <laughs> but, but okay, that's not what I'm trying to address. Uh, to improve the movie, I think Bill Hader should have been a great Santa, but he didn't want to do it. And I think that would be a better contrast for when Billy Eichner steps into the spotlight and tries to do everything in a calculated way. I think that would really be a better like a better contrast to well no the Christmas spirit is about feeling goodness and badness versus like predicting through numbers and actions and whatever. So if I were to improve the movie Bill Hader would be the perfect Santa but didn't want to be Santa. And so when he left it was like a real like what? But he was perfect. Like, what happened? And we only have one week, and now we have to adjust this way. Um, and then Noelle, when she steps in, she could sort of struggle a little bit, but she actually wanted to do it, and thus would be a better Santa than the quote-unquote perfect Bill Hader Santa. Mm-hmm. I w- agree. I think that would have been a, a more interesting um, storyline overall. Um, I got hung up, I think, on what you said about uh, the funeral and Santa. Is Santa king? I think he's king of the North I th- Pole. I think he's Those... more akin to, like, a pope. Yeah, but, yes. But also, everybody seems... So, Hannah, seems... a pope is... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone seems like his subjects. And, like, when in in Britain and medieval times, when a king died, I feel like morning was the same. It was like, oh, well, we need a new king. Nobody really cared. So, like, maybe we shouldn't do a monarchy anymore. Okay, anyway, off topic. We are but, not. The North Pole is. <laughs> okay, fair, okay, fair. Um, to, but what, to be clear, though, but what we're doing is also wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, guys, it makes total sense. You see, you take, 
uh, I forget the exact number, but like 267 <laughs> uh, guys that just get to vote arbitrarily mm. and they decide who's president. And then the president has like most of the power. Yeah, that sounds way better. I don't see like a better solution. A pope? Okay. Yeah, we could do a pope. Or a monarchy. Ooh, monarchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Those are the two options. <laughs> the only two. I think to make this movie better, uh, apart from the Billy Eichner subplot, I, I definitely want to give him that more attention because I love Billy Eichner. I think he's very funny. Um, I, just as a side, would have put a camera into that Christmas dinner that... Uh, the ex-wife of the private investigator and the private <laughs> investigator. I would have loved some dramatic flair to this movie, and you know that was not going to be filled with the Christmas spirit. But if it was filled with the Christmas spirit, that would have been okay, too, because it could shows that family is family, and you need to sometimes come together for the kids. And that kid was really cute, and he deserved a happy Christmas. It was interesting that the private investigator was convinced that if he went to celebrate Christmas with his kid at his ex-wife's house with her new husband, that it would be too uncomfortable for everyone. But when he appeared and the kid came running to hug him, the ex-wife was smiling and happy that he came. And so, like, was that all in his head, or did they just ignore it for the, for the point of the movie to wrap up in a in a bow? I think it was the idea of, um, not that it was all in his head, but like he had this notion and assumption, and then through Noel was able to see like, no, like you're still this boy's dad, and so you know he's gonna love you, and. I guess the boy's mother is going to love that the boy's happy, and so she should be happy that you're there because you're making him happy. And so even though you're not uh, a single home anymore, you're still like a family, and spending the holidays together can be okay. I think. Such a nice take. I was ready for a brawl. That's just my Jewish spirit, I guess. I I did think it was weird when Noel was like, (laughs) Go to their house. And he's like, you want me to go to my ex-wife's house with her new husband for Christmas? And she's like, yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> um, so I think we could probably spitball ideas on how to make this movie better um, for hours. But I think now's a good time to take a break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about different holiday traditions. Guys, has this ever happened to you? You're laying in bed. Yes, that's happened. Yeah, it's, uh, I've laid in bed before. Have you ever been eating in bed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, All the time. yeah. That's definitely like where I eat my meals. Do you get crumbs in your bed? Not yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of cereal. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're in luck. Here's a mattress that you'll never have to worry about getting cereal crumbs in ever again because it's made of cereal. Introducing the Booberry Mattress. This mattress is made 100% of booberry cereal, and so if you spill booberry in it, you can just eat the mattress. It's not going to affect your sleep one bit. You're not going to be like, oh man, I'm sleeping on crumbs, because you're always going to be sleeping on cereal. Wow, and I've actually heard that every year you spend with your mattress, it accumulates more and more pounds of your dead skin cells and sweat. Not with this mattress, because it's going to be reducing in density because you're eating some of it every night. Are you telling me I can finally have a nice glass of almond milk before bed without feeling the guilt of my other mattress? That's exactly what I'm telling you, Thom. And Booberry Mattress will deliver straight to your door. So call Booberry Mattress right now or go to BooberryMattress.com and order yourself a new mattress. You have to know that as expensive as it may seem, it does have uh, plans for you where you can pay per month for the next six months. It is an achievable mattress for you. And it is the most important rest you'll have all day. Also, listeners can use promo code Two bald men to get 20% off their booberry mattress. You're gonna have 20% less booberry in your mattress. You're gonna get 20% off of the mattress. Boy, oh boy, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to go out and buy those goods or services. Yum, yum. So during the break, we actually made a realization about Noel, and it is secretly 
a Game of Thrones movie. <laughs> Santa is the actual King of the North um, pole, but he looks like Robert Baratheon, and Bill Hader can be equated to Bran the Broken, mentally. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the twinkle is like the three-eyed raven. Uh, they both start with T. They're both basically superpowers. Um, and, yeah. they're, and they're always worried about winter is coming. Yeah. Because that's when Christmas time is. Yeah, if you switch Christmas with winter, it's basically like a Game of Thrones episode. Yep. There you have it. Uh, there, there was something else that actually Hannah brought up in the first half that I would love to touch base with. And that has to do with the Santa tradition. Uh, Hannah, you pointed out how scary it kind of is to have a tradition of a guy breaks into your house and takes your food and leaves stuff. And that's that's creepy. I agree. Could you mm-hmm. touch a little more on that? Yeah, I don't think... I don't know the origins of the chimney. I know there's different versions of Santa Claus throughout the decades and hundreds of years that Santa has been in existence. Centuries. Uh, centuries, thank you. That, I, that was the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know when it became okay to normalize breaking and entering and why we accept it on one day of the year and don't on others just because we're greedy people and we think he's going to give us good stuff. I feel like if you knew he was just going to drop off coal, you wouldn't be okay with it, which... Kind of inherently makes you a bad person for being so greedy. Seven deadly <laughs> sins, but also um, aside from the breaking and entering part, it was also—it's just—it was really tough growing up and having to deal with another character that you knew was fake. And I definitely, yeah, it's—it's it's that Jewish spirit again, the really great holiday spirit coming in, and I definitely accidentally, purposefully, ruined Santa for a couple children that I was friends with as a child. Because if you don't get to believe in him, then neither does anyone else. Yeah, and also I just thought I was smarter than everybody, so Mm -hmm. I was real Mm -hmm. dick. And I uh, remember a very specific time telling a good friend of mine, who somehow is still my good friend today, that Santa wasn't real and that she was just full of it and that didn't go over well what Mm -hmm. i find interesting is that uh yeah the breaking and entering is 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 really creepy Mm -hmm. but as a kid you left out fig newtons hoping someone would break and enter into (laughs) your house yeah i was really jealous (laughs) i was like you know what everybody else gets like burglarized yeah so why can't i get burglarized because i'm one of those bad people who always wants get Gifts and presents. And if that means someone's breaking in to leave them, I was okay with it. I just think of the the quote of, like, uh, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? I'd be like, yeah, probably. They're they're doing it for a reason. They're not just going to suddenly do it. All my friends? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was just really jealous. I wanted to be a part of it. And I would have been jealous if my friends jumped off a bridge and didn't tell me about it, too. Now, I mm-hmm. I have a... <laughs> they didn't tell you about it. <laughs> well, they're already... <laughs> um, I, I have a problem with the Santa tradition. I've heard a few reasons why people like it, and I, I kind of want to dispel those reasons or, or disagree with those reasons. I just think that the Santa tradition is manipulative and disguised with, like, well, you got to let kids believe in magic. Like, this whole elf-on-the-shelf thing of, like, yo, he's literally watching you do stuff. You better be good. Kids are going to be bratty. They're, they're going to they're gonna learn over time different perspectives and why egocentrism isn't going to be efficient. Uh, to get what you actually want. All of this, like, mine, 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 me, 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 is an important phase psychologically that kids go through no matter what and need to grow out of, and they don't grow out of it through manipulation of if you do bad, the punishment is no toys. I think that's bizarre. Um, I also read a post of this idea of the more you promote that good kids get presents, then the more kids in poverty experience this internal feeling, 
while they're believing in Santa that I'm not good because I'm not getting presents or not getting big presents. Secondly, if this has anything to do with magic and not spoiling the magic for kids, there's plenty of genuine magic in the world. Like, all of science, cars driving, iPads existing, all of that is magic. I don't know how it works. You call it science. Your ancestors called it magic. I come from a place where they're one and the same. (laughs) Exactly, though. Planes, magic. Like, kids are constantly wondering how things work, and then parents dismiss them, which totally reasonable because it's exhausting to address all of the questions that kids have but they're already always wondering they they have magic in them without having to believe in santa and so like that reasoning out the window for me um i won't necessarily uh say that santa is necessary to to allow kids to like have magic and whimsy and stuff but i will say that Parents having to understand how an iPad works versus letting their kids be imaginative and, like, think that magic is real, I think are two completely different things. (laughs) Um, Yes, like, science is wonders and might as well be magic because, like, I don't know how a copier works. It just does. (laughs) But I I do think there is something in, like, this grounded real thing versus, like, fantasy. Your imagination is limitless. Um... However, I don't think that Santa needs to exist specifically for that. Um, in in my mind, when I talk about like wonder and magic, I wouldn't actually explain to a kid how a car works. Like when they're like, "How does that work? That's amazing!" Just let them keep wondering. Like rather than explaining to them the mechanics of it, be like, "Well, how do you think it works?" And then let that be the magic. I think it's it's definitely different when a child can use their own creativity to invent an image or um, this idea of magic and recognize it as opposed to using what we perceive to be magic because they're a child and they're wondering, but they have no idea. So when they they can recognize Santa as this higher being or figure and also recognize it's magic, whereas in the car example... I think they're just speaking and they wouldn't be able to equate the two. And I think that's what Christmas allows, whereas, like we already heard, I don't necessarily agree with Santa, but the magic that is always recognized, I think even from a young age, is being around your family, and that there's magic in a pretty Christmas tree, and there's magic in the lights, and while those don't necessarily need a creative viewpoint, they provide warmth and happiness and... Uh, that feeling back into a family that even as someone who didn't celebrate it, that's what I was always envious of. Not necessarily the gifts, but that when you walked into someone's house who celebrated Christmas, it was just that, like, your heart really grew, like, 18 sizes as soon as you walked in. It's three. Three sizes. God damn it. (laughs) No, that's how good that house was. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Um... I will say, this is anecdotal and very specific, but um, I heard of this story where this interracial gay couple told their child (laughs) that Santa was black. And so then, when they went to the mall and the mall Santa was there and he was white, the kid was like, why is that Santa white? And they explained that Santa is a gay man and the white Santa that you see at the mall is his husband. Because Santa's too busy to, like, go and see all the children. So he sends his husband, like, in his place. And people got very mad and were like, no, Santa's not a black gay man. And these parents were just like, yeah, he is. (laughs) Like, completely ignoring, like, any prior tradition and being like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I do appreciate that idea of, like, Santa, because Santa is made up and because it is about the magic... He's literally whatever you want him to be. So, like, you can't say Santa's not a black gay man. Wow. Um, So I I appreciate that angle of, like, hey, like, you know, Daddy and I are interracial and gay and married, and so Santa, this wonderful, larger-than-life, magical figure. um, So, like, we're not so different than everyone, even though you might feel different. Right. You're, like, creating uh, inclusiveness and representation that should exist in Hollywood but doesn't. Yeah. 
Um, I, I definitely appreciate that. I mm-hmm. think that's that's a good idea. One other reason that I've heard there is a good reason for this idea of Santa is that as kids grow older, they get to become part of the Santa tradition from the other end, mm-hmm. where now you're holding a secret, but here's why you're holding the secret. The goal of Santa is to teach um, the gift of giving without recognition. It's the idea of doing good to people two or four people anonymously. Because if it's coming from Santa, you're not getting the credit for it. Mm-hmm. And I could appreciate that sentiment. It still seems like the Santa part is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It could be an anonymous gift. Yeah, like from the tooth fairy or like from... <laughs> the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, those those are great. I can't believe we need more Easter Bunny representation. There's not enough of that. Um, speaking of that, and this is going back to your previous point of like how um, kids in poverty now have this sort of complex because they're not getting presents from Santa even though they're good and so like they must be bad. Um, which I think is the biggest argument against Santa. Um, I saw a post recently that instructed parents to take credit for the big gifts. So, like, if you get your kid a Nintendo or something like that, say that's from you. And then if you get, like, socks, say that stuff's from Santa. Um, Because then kids in poverty can still, like, I guess, get gifts from Santa um, mm-hmm. and still, like, feel included in the tradition. Right. And, um, and that's kind of just, like, a Band-Aid for this larger problem that we were talking yeah. about. <laughs> but I, I thought that was an interesting um, perspective on it. This is also a great opportunity to plug sponsoring a family for Christmas. My family does it every year. We um, find an... Uh, my mom uses an organization to um, find an underprivileged family, and we get the Christmas list from the child or children, and then we buy all the gifts and send it to them. And if you are financially stable enough to do that on your own or with your family and are so inclined, I think it's a great way to be a Santa for somebody else. Yeah, and I think think for the most part, a lot of people have this concept and or awareness of, I know that this city is, is like a borough that's a little poorer than usual and I know that this school district doesn't get the funds that it deserves and I know like this uh, city and whatever a lot of people are aware of where the poverty is go into those schools and ask administration ask the teachers ask whatever like what can I provide you because we uh, specifically at the school I work at are constantly through the teachers organizing fundraisers and organizing like Thanksgiving dinners and and holiday gifts for the kids and it's a huge burden on teachers because one of the reasons we work in inner city schools is to make a difference and sometimes all that difference takes is money. I know that they say money can't buy happiness, but boy can it. <laughs> money can buy you health care. Money can yeah. buy you uh Never mind, I'm done with this list. (laughs) That's all I can buy you, because then it's gone. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, So I I think this has been, like, a really cool conversation about the Santa tradition, um, but I'd love to, like, wrap up just by sharing our own um, holiday traditions that we look forward to every year. So my family... Um, I'm Jewish on both sides, so I don't get... You're what? I know. <laughs> in the genetic calendar. On both right? what? Yeah. <laughs> draw, draw me a Punnett square. <laughs> you know what? Anyway. <laughs> so, both sides of my family every year meet to celebrate Hanukkah. And when we were younger, it was definitely more about the gifts, obviously. Um, because, at, which was more of a financial burden on my extended, like, on the adults in the family that I can ever fathom doing for anyone because I have, on my dad's side of the family, there's nine cousins, sometimes 11, if we include our cousins that live across the country, and to buy that many gifts, oh, my God, that's insane. Um, but we would get, we'll get together uh, one day every year 
to celebrate Hanukkah and exchange gifts. And now that we're all older, it's a little more fun to pull someone's name out of a hat and that's who you're buying for. And it's super sweet and it just reminds you of how great family is because you were not, it's hard to get everybody together. We've all moved across the country for college and jobs and it's one opportunity to see each other and catch up and be happy and merry. Merry and Hanukkah. Bright. And bright, yeah. That's great. Um, it, sorry, that sounded weird. <laughs> what, what you were talking about kind of uh, reminded me of representation, but also the the society that we live in that's so Christian-oriented. I'm reminded of a post of, like, people complaining that Muslim students are allowed to mm-hmm. excuse themselves to pray. And, like, the comments were like, could you imagine if, like, a, a Christian boy tried to do that? Like, like it, it wouldn't be allowed, like, to go pray. Um, and then their response was like, that's because every, like, holiday obligation is... Or not holidays. Uh, that's because every religious obligation is already time off. Mm-hmm. In all school systems, you're already catered to. There is no attack on Christmas. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Growing up, we I'm from a really small town um, that really was um, Christian-focused, I guess. Um, and picture day was always, for my entire elementary school career, on Yom Kippur, which is one of the holiest holidays of the year. And like in the Jewish tradition to not have off for that holidays it's terrible and um, it was really hard for my mom to what is she going to say tell us we can't have our picture featured in the yearbook that year or uh, and pull us from school yeah exactly (laughs) and it places you in a really difficult situation which I understand is hard to see from the outside looking in because you don't understand it but we also don't really make a point to understand other religions in school, which I think if we did, and um, it speaks to diversity on just more on so many levels, but it's something that I think would help everyone understand each other better if we could communicate that. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we could maintain a separation of church and state when you're teaching a variety of religions in school. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not teaching this is your tradition you're teaching these are traditions that people have it's Mm -hmm. just inclusive imagine that yeah i literally can't yeah i just start picturing like a like a jolly man in a red suit drinking coca-cola and 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 then i need to take a nap he drinks (laughs) coca-cola i thought it was hot cocoa with the (laughs) coca-cola label no, I think it's the soda. Fun oh fact: the 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 like modern Santa that we know, like the guy in a red suit with a white beard, was invented by Coca Cola. What? Corporate mm-hmm. America, baby. Yeah. That's why there's small Santas. There's some more Coke. <laughs> Finally. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't my Christmas tradition, but I did. You did just made me think of it, even though I brought up mall Santas much earlier. <laughs> uh, one time, I was. Uh, waiting in line at the Starbucks at my mall, and then there was like a, an employee there, like holding this like very fine coat in front of the bathroom, and then Santa came out and like put the coat on and like walked back to where the mall Santa is at, and like I didn't believe in Santa at this point, but I was still like, wow, he's just like us. <laughs> 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 That's fun. <laughs> um, my tradition that I'd like to talk about is um, on Christmas Eve, I, I'll typically see my aunt and my cousin on my dad's side. Um, and again, when I was younger, it was a lot about the presents, and they would get mad at me. If I didn't give them something to get me for Christmas, they would get mad at me and threaten to get me a Chia Pet. <laughs> Because, like, could you imagine a worse gift? But uh, still, I I love that because I don't see them that often. Um, but they, they come over and then, like, we get out all, like, the fine silverware and, like, plates and stuff. But then we just order pizza and eat the pizza off of, like, this very nice 
dinnerware. Um, and it's just like a fun tradition that I look forward to every year. Mm. Mm. I do like that. Um, I'm pretty sure this is accurate for a lot of Latin America, but I don't want to speak for an entire continent and a half. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just say like um, in in my family and for a lot of Colombians that I've seen, we celebrate Christmas Eve, and basically it leads up to midnight, similar to New Year's Eve, and at midnight we exchange presents. Um, usually we organize uh, like a secret Santa. You'll note that actually in the Spanish language, we're already more progressive. Uh, we call it secret friend. Um, oh. And anyone can participate in it. So it's a, it's a amigo secreto rather than secret Santa. And in, in my school district, we do secret snowflake uh, to... Mm-hmm to build to um, our holiday break. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's do that. I don't, I don't understand yeah. why people get frustrated at, what do you mean, happy holidays? I say Merry Christmas in this house. Okay, but you're, you're not in your house right now, yeah. so can we just move on? <laughs> uh, and this year, it will, I'm going to actually be hosting my second annual pajama party with my family. Ooh. So... If I think if I do it for one more year after this, I'll really consider it a tradition. Um, but I host a pajama party slash ugly sweater party, and we make gingerbread houses, and we play games. Um, and so we'll see if that keeps up. It is a lot of work, so we'll see if I want to do it next year. Um, one quote I love from uh, the BoJack Horseman Christmas special, which is its own thing on Netflix. Um, you can search it. It's a real fun video. But Todd is explaining to Bojack all these Christmas traditions, and Bojack says those all sound stupid. And he go, and Todd responds, "Things don't become traditions because they're good; they become good because they're traditions." So it's just like if you just do it enough, even though it's a lot of hard work, eventually you're like, "Well, it's tradition; we got to do it." <laughs> In this is us to spoil a little bit of it. They added a new Christmas tradition of eating a bunch of shrimp. Mm. Mm. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it was really sad. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so behind. Yeah, I have no idea But don't what worry, you're they don't come back to like, January 17th. Oh, okay. So you have, yeah, you have time to catch up. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, but that's all I had. Tradition! <laughs> Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, all right. yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about the Back to the Future trilogy. If you liked us, find us at Twitter and Instagram at two underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Thank you all again. And if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time. <laughs>